0: If you all notice the uh, the songs that we sung today, um, we try to have the songs go along uh, right with the uh, the message that's going to be preached. And uh, with that being said, with the songs just sung, with, with it being related to the Holy Spirit, um, we're going to be talking about the, how the Holy Spirit in the and the, world in the in the life of the Christian. So, if you have a copy of God's Word, join me in Romans chapter eight. We're going to be looking at verse sixteen. Romans chapter 8, looking at verse 16, and now we have been in Romans now for uh, months and months and months and Romans, we have noticed Paul has written to this Roman church to encourage this Roman church that are dealing with the day-to-day struggles of the Christian life. Even though Paul wrote this to the Roman church, even though the Roman church existed but 2000, about 2,000 years ago, right? This same of the Romans is live in a well for the church of 2023. So as Paul wrote this word to encourage the church that was pressing with various issues, Paul gave them the perfect words for them to be encouraged. What better words for us? As we read Romans 8 as well, Paul has been walking through this Encouraging the church Of what does it mean to be assured in Christ The issues of The year 2 AD or 3 AD And the issue of 2023 Might have been very different But God's word is the same And God's word addresses Issues of 3 AD And he also addresses issues of 2023 So as we Read and study the book of Romans Paul wrote this book for us to be encouraged, for us to be assured, for us to be encouraged, that our God won't leave us. He won't forsake us, no matter what we face, no matter what the difficulties we may go through. Our God will not leave us. He will not forsake us, no matter how big they are. No matter how small they are, our God is still good to us. And so let me read Romans eight sixteen for us. We read uh, the verses 12 through 15. Um, doing our congregational reading. But let me read verse 16 for us today. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Again, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And some of you all might be saying, Creston, how is this going to encourage me right now? Creston, how is this word right here good for the soul of the Christian right now? I'm glad you are asking that question already. Let, let us pray. And I pray that the Lord answer that question to you, question as we walk through this work here this morning. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, again for this Lord's Day. There is no better place to be than being with your people and being with you. We thank you for this gift. We thank you, Lord, that we get to be able to cherish this day together, to be, able to encourage, be encouraged in your word together. So, Lord, we ask you to enrich us today. Enrich us Lord with your goodness By your your word today Let us have rest today Knowing that our God Is with us today So be with the preaching of the word Help me Lord in the areas Lord Of my inadequacies In my deficiencies Help me Lord that I don't distract your people But I point your people to Jesus And they can cling to you Lord And they can hold on to you So Lord let me not be exalted right now But let your name and let yourself be exalted, Lord, at this time. So we ask you to bless us with your word at this time. Enrich us, Lord, at this time in your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have heard this past um, season of college football and Everybody always talking about me at church Because all of my illustration Deals with sports So I'm, I'm a little bit limited On what I watch on TV So y'all gotta show me, show me some shows Or something to watch But uh, last year Deion Sanders coached An uh, HBCU school called Jackson State They had a remarkable season And Dion is known for his Confidence of his coaching They For him he want to make sure his players show up to the game for them to be ready at the game. So he always confident that they're going to show up. Well, Deion Sanders this past season, year, summer, well, well, before the summer, Deion Sanders left for HBCU Jackson State, and he joined a team in the Pac-12 called University of Colorado. Over and over, Deion Sanders was gonna say he continued saying that how he's gonna show up even at the University of Colorado that they were gonna be able to compete with all the rest of the Pac-12 schools. He talked a lot of big boy talk. He even said um, real quick he had a, a phrase. Is it called "We coming"? Is that high, Georgia? Hey, we coming. He said we coming all summer long. He said we coming to these schools. So. Well, we don't know if he's just about talk. He proved already what he can do at Jackson State, but what he's going to do at University of Colorado now is going to play one of the biggest well, one of, well, one of the, the best teams in college football last year was TCU. So yesterday, University of Colorado played TCU, and TCU was in the national championship last year. And TCU was was the favorite, I think, to win by 21 points. So Deion Sanders, the one that is known for a lot of confidence, the one that has boasted about how they're going to have a great season, they're faced against a team that was in the championship last year. Well, yesterday, if you all didn't see it, Deion Sanders in Colorado upset this team, and they won. They won. And after the, the game, Deion Sanders mentioned something about we got all the receipts. For all the other teams that said they wasn't going to do what they are going to do yesterday, he pretty much came after the game and said, hey, we coming. This shows us right here a God that said that, hey, we're going to be able to do well this year, not only at Jackson State when, I, when we coached there, but also Colorado. So he testified of how good the school is going to be. And a lot of times, people didn't believe it. But now, all over social media, everybody's saying, this kid right here on Colorado should win the Heisman. This kid's going to win the Heisman. Deion Sanders is going to be the greatest coach this year. Now they believe it. They believe it because now they saw that the witness and the testimony that Deion Sanders said he was going to do, he came out there and showed it, and now many people bought into it. Our test today is very similar. Paul is showing up as well. Paul is coming with a lot of confidence here. Paul is coming here and sharing with us that for those that are in Christ, that nothing would take them from Christ's hand. So Paul is talking this bit more talk. Is that for those that believe in Jesus, they will never be taken from his hand. And Paul comes in today and he said, this is why they would not be taken from God's hand. Because they're going to be secured by the Father. But also is that the Son is going to keep them. But not only the Son is going to keep them, the Holy Spirit is going to be in them. So Paul is going to give us today is that for the Christian believer that are struggling with depression, that are struggling with anxiety, that are struggling with loneliness, that were struggling with brokenness, Paul is like, I already said God got you, but I'm also going to encourage you in God's word that God got you. So Paul is going to give us more witnesses for us that are believers that are struggling in the Christian walk. And I know about you all, I struggle. Y'all look beautiful out here. Y'all don't look like y'all struggle. I struggle. And since I struggle, I need this word. I need it, I need it, I need it. And for those that might struggle as well, this word is going to be good for you as well. With that being said, we're going to do it in three points today. The Holy Spirit testifies that we are children, of God in 16A. The Holy Spirit testified we are children of God in 16B. And the last thing we want to end with is the Father testified that we are children of God in 16C. One thing about about being a child of somebody, you get benefits. I remember when I was young, I used to go to the restaurants with my parents. I didn't have to take a wallet. By me being the son of Curly and Linda Thomas I can leave my wallet home cause daddy and mama got me so it's a special privilege of being a child of someone so for us here today it's a privilege of being a child of the greatest father there he is let's jump to point number one the Holy Spirit testifies that we are children of God the Holy Spirit is active and alive in the life of the Christian. The, per- the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity is living in the life of the believer. And the Holy Spirit is truly God. Look at other belief systems. You have Islam, you have Buddhism. And for a lot of them, and I have went to many stores of restaurants with a Buddha statue. And I have never seen a Buddha statue get up and start walking around. Even in the sense of also Islam. For them, right, their God is not personal. But for the Christian God, right, the Christian God is love and the will and the life of the Christian. The Christian God is that the Holy Spirit is in us, the Holy Spirit is with us. We don't have a God in deism, right? A God that is so far away and not with his creation. We have a God that is in us. Our God is live. Our God is personal. Thomas Jefferson, one of the, the founding fathers of America, for him, he was of, of a deist. For him, he believed that God created the world. He went out and got left and went somewhere else. But for us, as Christians, true biblical Orthodox Christians, we believe that God did create the world. But he didn't leave us. Our God has brought that after within his creation. So this scripture right here tells us, I mean, this is where you see right here that the Holy Spirit is with us. God himself is in us. We also notice in other scriptures. First Corinthians 6, 19. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with the price. So glorify God in your body. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in us. In the Old Testament, God would go up to the room of the Holy Old, and God would be in the temple with the high priest. Only the high priest was able to go there. Not regular people. It had to be the high priest. But now scripture tells us that we're a temple. And God Meets with us as the priesthood of believers. Sometimes you hear even with Catholicism we're talking about the priests within biblical Christianity when we see this in Peter is that the believing Christian is a priest and that's why I said the priesthood of believers that now we don't need a holy other holy we don't have to have a pastor to go before us what they say Grandma used to go to? The prayer closet. You can go to the prayer closet. And for all the other believers, you can go to Jesus right by yourself. We have access to him because we are a temple and the Holy Spirit is in us. The, the God of glory could be anywhere. Could be in a tree, could be in a fish, could be anywhere. But the God of creation has chose to be in us. We get that special privilege of being with God every single day. There's no greater presence within us. No greater gift than God gives himself. Again, God cannot condemn himself to hell. So family, if God is in us, how can we be condemned to hell? If God is truly in the life of the believer, that's encouraging for us that we're going to get hell. We the, get the, the, the glory of God. So the Holy Spirit is powerful and can do all things. But not just today. Even though we know the Holy Spirit can judge the world and do various things. We know the Holy Spirit can push out darkness. But Paul focuses here at not the work of the Holy Spirit just pushing out darkness. But the work of the Holy Spirit to remind us that we are in Christ. Our assurance in Christ. So Paul is thinking of anything he can give us to encourage us, to ensure us that God will never leave us or forsake us. And he has already told us that we would not be condemned in verse one in chapter eight. He has told us that we have been adopted and no longer alienated to the inheritance. He is making a strong case for the weak and fragile believer that is second guessing their relationship with God. Their circumstances have tried to convince them that they aren't a Christian. That God don't love them. That this person right here ain't been to church and ain't getting blessings. I come to church every Sunday and it's like it getting harder. I'm reading the word and seems like it's getting harder. I'm trying to learn the word, but I'm not understanding. Well, if that's you again, Paul is writing this word for you and for me. And Paul is pleading with the Roman Christians that are bought into these same things that God doesn't love them, that God is not near them. For those that bought into these things, Paul is writing them for them to be clear in their thinking that God do love them. That God is close to them. That God is near them. In spite of their circumstances. That the Spirit confirmed that we are truly children. One theologian noted how the language changes from sons of God to children of God. You guys remember a few weeks ago we talked about uh, being sons of God. But now look at verse 16 in Romans chapter 8. It said now, it says children of God. A lot of times we kind of skip over that, you know. Like he's just using different words, son and children. But one person makes this very clear here. He He said the difference that the son deals with the legality, but children deals with their inner self. Or the feelings you have for the son and daughter. So the reason why they use son earlier here, they talked about the legitimacy of the inheritance. On documents and everything, they might say, well, this is the son of such and such. Or this is the daughter of such and such. They show the legal documents that this child or this son or daughter should receive this certain inheritance. But now in this time, when they use the word children, it relates to the relationship of a father to the son or daughter. So now it seems like Paul is moving now more than just say, this is just my son. It's my child. When Paul says right here that the father, right, we are sons of God to the father, now it's getting more personal now that you're just not a son. You're my actual child. There are his children now. And it's the Holy Spirit is, is the one It was reminding us that this personal relationship between the father and his children, that the God of the universe is our true father and we are true children. That the hymn that says is. Thou my great father, and I thy true son. Thou in my dwelling, I with thee one. By someone being a child of someone, they are part of that. They have a relationship. They are part of that family. And whatever their father has, that child has. The family. We are the greatest father. And who is reminding us of this greatest father? It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit won't let us forget it. We are children of God. And whatever we may face, whatever that Goliath situation may be in your life, whatever we may face when people are hating and gossiping, when people are belittling us and dealing with singleness, even the struggles in marriage, our father is there and the spirit of reminding us that the father is there the spirit is telling us that the father is here in the midst of those situations the father is right there with us through it all and this father that we're referring to that is there is the God of creation what is stronger than him who can tell God to stop who can be stronger than our God And if that's the case then and our God is with us, that should be comforting for us. That should be encouraging for us. The small words that might be so loud in our brain what people are saying about us. Our God still saying we are his children. And the good thing about it, the Holy Spirit is there to remind us that we are children. Because we are so forgetful. We are so forgetful. I had a vote meter on the counter last night, and my wife told me about 30 times to go put it up. And I went to bed, and I got in bed, I'm, I'm going to go to sleep, and I thought about it. I'm not getting up. I'm tired. But I forgot about it again and again. I finally got up and put it up. We are so forgetful as human beings. And God know that we are forgetful. And that's another reason why we have the Holy Spirit to remind us of the things that we forget that we are children. So when we're feeling condemned and unworthy, consider these passages related to the working of the Holy Spirit. And all these passages that I'm going to mention here further solidify how the Holy Spirit is working in the lives of the children of God. One verse here. And Romans 5, 5. And hope does not put us to shame because God loves his love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Another verse of John 14, 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit even the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The world doesn't get it, but we get this Holy Spirit. Also, we got Ephesians 4.30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, for whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It says sealed. The Holy Spirit is sealed in the life of the believer the Holy Spirit don't come to the crib and get lead in that day. The Holy Spirit comes in us and dwells in us. And it stays with us. It's permanent, right? The mortgage paid forever. You don't get kicked out. The Holy Spirit is there forever in the life of the believer. Even in the Old Testament, Psalm 143.10 Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me. On level ground the working of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer the goodness of our God so the Holy Spirit here in part one we have learned the Holy Spirit testifies that we are children of God the Holy Spirit reminds remind us we are children of God so it's no excuse for us to say no one is telling us this the Holy Spirit is doing it daily that we are children of God second thing we see here our spirit testifies we are children of God In 16b It says the spirit himself But it says right now Bears witness with our spirit This point right here Has brought so much disagreement So much disagreement Charles Hodge Which is a reformed brother He sees it in one way Dr. Marlowe Jones See this text in another way you might say, question, what, what, what's the situation right here in the text? The Spirit himself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. This is the situation. Does this text say the Holy Spirit alone is bearing witness to our spirit and, and us that we are children of God? Or does this test mean that the Holy Spirit in the Spirit in us is bearing witness that we are children of God? Let me say it again. Does this test say the Holy Spirit alone Is bearing witness to our Spirit in us That we are children of God Or does this test say That the Holy Spirit and our Spirit in us are working together To bear witness That we are children of God Some of y'all are like What's the difference What is the difference Well Well we have in us, as Christian brothers, but with Christian brothers and sisters, we have a soul that is in us. And this soul that is in us, right, is telling us we are children of God. Or the Holy Spirit comes in and tells the soul that's in that we are sons of God. Oh, both of them are testifying. And know the soul in us for us a believer, you remember that when we were dead in our sins and our trespasses? Now God has redeemed us. He gave us a new spirit in us now. We're made new. So that does a new spirit say we're children of God? And the Holy Spirit said we're children of God? That's kind of what's happening. Or just the Holy Spirit saying we're children. And it tells the new spirit in us we're children of God. So how do we figure this out? How do we figure this out as biblical theologians as you are? We read it here and we see the word in our text. It says, with our spirit. Well, a lot of times in Greek language is that a lot of times the word as a noun might have the whole prepositional phrase within one word. So like with our spirit or with spirit is actually one word. So sometimes a preposition is wrapped into that one word. And we know what prepositions are: to, above, about. Come on, with. Prepositions: across, over, in. Those are various prepositions. So, what preposition to use here? How do we know what preposition to use in a sentence? When these translators are translating this, how do they figure out what preposition to use? If actually there's one word, spirit, and a preposition associated with it, we have to figure out what preposition to use. And how do we figure this out? First we gotta figure out what type of word is this word spirit in our text? The word spirit in our text is actually a, in English we would say an indirect object. An indirect object, I'm not an English major, you know, uh, I'm not good in English, uh, but you have a direct object and you have an indirect object. Well, this word right here, spirit, not take an indirect object. In the Greek, they don't say indirect object. They say datum. Everybody say datum. They say datum. So an indirect object, one person said, is it, a noun that receives the direct object itself. For example, Alina threw Alasia the ball. The direct object is ball. The indirect object is a laser. Another example, Jerry gave Creston the fish. All right, the direct object is fish. The indirect object is Creston. The indirect object is always the recipient. It's the recipient, but the actual object can be something else. So in our test today, now we look back at our test. Our test today, The actual, the subject of the whole sentence is the Holy Spirit, but now the indirect object in this sentence is actually Spirit. So I would recommend this translation. The Spirit himself bears witness to our Spirit. To our Spirit, because now the Spirit is the recipient. The Spirit is giving our Spirit something. So the Holy Spirit is giving our Spirit something. The verb bear witness is at the verb. It lets us know that the Spirit is telling our Spirit something here. So hold a thought there. So now we came into it. Now we see that the Holy Spirit is telling our Spirit something. What is our Spirit first? Let's pause there for one second. Pause for one second. What is our Spirit? What is our Spirit? Sometimes people try to describe the human body as made of the body, the spirit, and the soul. Some others say that the, spirit, the body is made up of the body and just the spirit. Here is one person describing the two. Those who believe that the human nature is a trichotomy typically believe in the following, that the physical body is what connects us with the physical world around us. The soul is the essence of our being, and the spirit is what connects us with God. This is why the unsaved can be saved to be spiritually dead while they are very much physically and soullessly alive. Those who believe that human nature is a dichotomy though, so you have trichotomy, meaning the body, soul, and the spirit. The dichotomy means that we have, we have the same understanding of the body, but have the view, the spirit, and the soul to be together so the dichotomy believe in the soul and spirit is together so the question would be is which one is a dichotomy or, vis- or versus dichotomy so the person made up of the body soul and spirit was the person made up of the body and spirit well, we have verses in the Bible that talks about how God can divide, right, between pierce between what? The soul and the spirit. So we see now as the Christian life that they are together. So we see it as body and spirit, body and spirit, which is the spirit is equal to spirit and the soul. So our spirit consists of our will, the consciousness, and all the immaterial. The pleasure, the <coughs> feelings, all that is intertwined with our spirit. So the Holy Spirit now is being witness to our will, our consciousness, and all that the immaterial in us, that we are children of God. So, because of our Holy Spirit, and because of the Holy Spirit, our consciousness and all the immaterial is yelling to us in our minds that we are belong to God. That's what's happening here. That the human body. The flesh, right? The body, when we say body, it means our hand, the physical body that you can see. But the things that you can't see is our spirit. So going back when I was talking about indirect object and direct object, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness now to the immaterial, our inner bodies, our will, our conscience. It's reminding us that we are children of God. So the Holy Spirit is reminding us that we are sons and children of God. And it tells our spirit that we are sons and children of God. And our spirit that witness to our minds that we are children of God. We see this in other places in the Bible too. We see this in Second the Second Corinthians one um, twenty-two, And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. 2nd Corinthians 5.5 five. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God Who has given us the spirit as guarantee. Same thing right It says same thing in verse 2nd Corinthians 1.22 and 2nd Corinthians 5.5 five. Philippians 2.13 You guys know this verse For it is God who works in us Both to will and to work for his good pleasure Who's doing the work in us? It's God God is doing the work in us. If God is doing the work in us, then our spirit comes out and says, I love you. And all of these things come, I believe in you. Because God is doing the work in us. So even though we have a regenerative spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that is testified to our spirit. That we can be assured that we will always be his children. And it's not conditional. It's not conditional. We see this in First John four thirteen. By this we know that we abide in him, he in us, because he has given us his spirit. We are abiding in the Lord. So some of you all in here, you might not grew up with your father or your mother. You might have always wanted that relationship with a father. You might always might have wanted that relationship with a parent. God has made it a way for you that are in this room that always wish to have that parent in your life. God had made it a way that you would never, that, that you, you won't have to leave this world or, let's say, die without having to be able to experience that. So God gave himself to be the greatest father he gave himself to be a father that for you that might not have the best father or the best parent in your life God made it a way that you still have experience of having a father in your life by him being your father so for those that are feeling that they're so held back right now in life and they're feeling like all the things they're experiencing right now as an adult right now For them feeling like if I had a father, that my life wouldn't have been like this. If I had these certain things in place, my life haven't been like this. God, hear your cries, and God said, I will be your father. I will be your father. I will be a father that for you to be able to say that I won't have any more excuses in life to say that I can't be a doctor, I can't be this in life right now because now I have a father in heaven that he's going to be a greater father than an earthly father. And I love my earthly father to death. But my earthly father cannot compare to the father in heaven. So for those that are here that feeling like I envy you and I wish I had the father that you had, family, you have a better father. That's what the scripture is telling us. That for you that are here, that are broken, that want to be reminded again that what does it, have, what does it mean to have a father? My father in heaven. Is a father to the fatherless. He a father to the broken. He's a better father than the greatest father that's on this earth right now. And that's what the Spirit is telling us. You're His children. He a father to you, and you can come to Him. You can hold on to Him. And one thing about this Father, He would never leave you, though. Earthly father might leave. They might pass away. Earthly father might not be in the home. But this father's right there. Sometimes I see in sports how sometimes fathers get upset at their kids. And they walk out on the game, whatever the case may be. This father get upset at us, right? He punishes us, but he don't walk out on us. He right there with us through it all. And the benefit of this point number two the holy spirit tells in our spirit in us that this father is right there with us last point again last point the father testifies we are children of god 16c the spirit himself does witness with our spirit that we are children of god as we end we're here with the last point we also have someone else who reminds us of who we are to be children of god that means we have to have a father. And we know that we do. And not an earthly father that is referring to right here, but a heavenly father. Our father in heaven reminds us who we are as well. And we see this in various scriptures as well. We see this in Isaiah 63, 16. For you are our father. Abraham does not know us. And Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O oh Lord, are our father. Our redeemer from of old is your name. That's one of the greatest passages in the scripture. Let me read it again. For you are our father. though so Abraham does not know us. And Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O oh Lord, are our father. Even in the Old Testament... He was a father to the fathers, our redeemer from all his name. Also, we see in Isaiah, chapter four, eighty. But not, na- but now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the Potter. We are all the work of your hand. another verse of Galatians three twenty-six. for in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith so we see in very verses that we see that our father is not ashamed to call us his children because when we the, the God man Jesus Christ redeemed us to himself he made us his children now the Father doesn't see our failures, but He sees us as children. This is His nature. This is His nature as our Father. Romans 5 8 told us this. But God showed His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ, He died for us. The Father doesn't cast His children away. what we are saying today as we wrap things up the spirit reminds us that we are children of God and our spirit by the working of the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are children of God also the father reminds us that we are children of God and i want to share one more person within his Godhead that bear witness that we are children of God. It comes from 1 John chapter 5 starting in verse 6. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit of truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are Three, that bear witness on earth. Again, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. So family, not only do we have the Father and the Spirit, even Jesus saying as well that we are children of God. How much evidence do we need? How much more do we need? We have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, said we are children. We have our soul, the inner us, the inner regenerated part of us now testifying because of the work of the spirit that we are children. So children in this room, lift your head up. Lift your head up. You're not alone. You have a God that loves you. You have a God that's going to keep you. Let me end with a couple of applications. I see Marty blinking at me. Christian church, be reminded that God has given us his Spirit. No other creature get God dwelling in them. Nothing else in the creation. Not even angels. We get it. Though. So may we be grateful as believers of this wonderful gift. May we walk in thankfulness. May we walk in gratitude of what God has done for us. Pushing away any ungodliness that tried to dwell in our bodies. Uh, 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 our earthly or bodily temples. So we're reminded that we are given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit at the crib. I know me and Alina, a lot of times we invite people to the house or somebody asks, hey, can we come over? And when we say yes, we're scrambling, trying to clean the house, get everything together, trying to get everything worked out, trying to fix everything up so before everybody gets here, we don't want everybody to see a messed up house. Well, the God of creation is already always at the house. He's never a guest. He lives permanently in us. So family, we shouldn't have to try to hurry up and get things together. The spirit is coming. The spirit is about to come. Let me get my life together. The spirit is in us. And by the spirit being not in us, the spirit working us for our lives to better be changed. Second point, the Christian church also... Be Christians are also be ready to hear the Holy Spirit that's working in us daily. I mentioned that the Spirit is with us. I mentioned all these things about the Spirit and the Father and the Son. But will we listen to it? Will we listen to it? The Spirit is yelling to us. The Spirit is yelling to us to live for Jesus. Will you live for Jesus? Will you listen to the Spirit? When we forget about Jesus and the Spirit reminds us of him, when we forget it, the Lord of the Spirit reminds us. But a lot of times we ignore it. I'm going to go ahead and do this one more time. One more time. Oh, I'm going to do this right here. God, going to forgive me for this. God is not the problem. It's our pride. So, family, I gave you today and I gave myself today the word. Or will we listen to the word? Will we listen to God's word? <clears throat> we must submit to him. And as we submit to him, that's when we can cherish of being children of God. Last thing, family. Remember this. God will not condemn us because we are his children. Remember that. God will not condemn us because we are his children. When you're feeling not accepted, when you're feeling afraid, when you feel like the marriage is not going the way you want it to go, you feel like somebody don't understand you. You're feeling the weight of life. You're feeling embarrassed. Maybe I'll be reminded of this: that God doesn't cast out His children. It tells us this in 1 John 3, 19 to, 5, 19 to 20. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart and he knows everything. I'll read that again. By this we shall know that we are of the truth of the truth and reassured of our hearts before him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. He knows what you're going through. He's greater than all the things you may be facing. Because we're his children. Something about a mama knows, a mama and a father know their kids. Somebody else might not understand, but a parent knows their children. And the right parents? You know your kids? But guess what? Our Father in heaven is greater than the parents in this room. He knows all of his children in this room better than we know ourselves. So he's not going to leave us. He's not going to leave us. He's not going to forsake us. So let us trust the Lord. Let us rest in the Lord. And let us not give the world and things of that nature excuses in this world, about various things in this world. We have a father that's near to us. A father that's close to us. And for those in here, like Chris, I don't know what you're talking about here. For those in here that are hard as hard, that are not believers, I would say, for you not a believer, believer you do have a father, and it's not the father in heaven. Well, the father in heaven is everybody, the father has creation, but in a special way, your father is the father of this world, and the father's world is already judged, and he will be punished for his rebellion against the father, against the God So, for those here continuing sin, your father is a different father than the father that I mentioned today. I would say, turn to the father that I mentioned today, turn from your sins, and put your faith in Jesus. Am I putting your faith in Jesus? You now have a greater father, a better father. So turn from your sins and turn. Well, turn to Jesus. And as you turn to Jesus, He you take your sins upon yourself. He make you new. He gives you a father that would never leave you or forsake you. And for you all those in here that crest hey, don't, hey, that are, that, are, that are asking these questions, like, I want this Father in heaven. I want to be a believer. Please, I'll be around afterwards. Come talk to me. I would love to share with you how to follow Jesus. And I would love to be able to baptize you here at Christ's Redeemer Church. Today is the day of salvation. Turn to Jesus today. Let me pray for us.